Welcome to watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode eight, titled Crisis Theory. Uh, we just got started, or we just finished watching this episode, rather. Uh, what'd you think of it? Man, and Jennifer Gatzinger, I trust. She, I thought this was, this has been, a, I, I think, an uneven, somewhat flawed season, especially in the, the early to mid goings. But I thought this uh, finale brought it home. Uh, this gave a lot of satisfying answers to a lot of things that we've been wondering this uh, season. I feel like we finally saw the potential of full on host combat, like the stunt scenes last season. This season should have always been this John Wick and this good when you've got hosts just going uh full full tilt on on human adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my God, the uh the post credit scenes, yeah, were just phenomenal. Like. When Bernard woke up, when when it cut the Bernard in that dusty ass room, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, they're going to go there. They're going to go there, Jim. We're going to go in the future world. Uh, this if, if they if they renew this for two, three more seasons, we might get ten thousand years in the future." I'm thinking. I'm really yeah. excited. I'm really excited. What do you think? Uh, man, I I don't know. Uh, like it, this is this is a tough one for me to process because <laughs> I have this bugaboo about shows that don't play straight with character motivations and uh, anything you would say about this show uh especially this season is that it has not played straight with character motivations uh you know waiting until apparently the very last episode to flip those on on its head uh and reveal what these characters are actually up to that said i did find myself getting into this episode and i and i guess like doing this at the end of the season I, I don't know. It, I'm I'm torn between this feeling like a big betrayal and just enjoying the journey uh, from mm. the previous seven episodes. So yeah. I, I don't know what to think. I gotta I gotta see this thing again. Um, I mean, it's crazy because I realized halfway through this episode that like, holy shit, I'd called this almost exactly right. The 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 plot with Dolores and and uh, Bernard and Maeve being the spoiler. And then they were so convincing in the kind of like Dolores being so shady and manipulative the last few episodes that I started to doubt it mm-hmm. to the point to where like and I think this is why this season and this this um, uh, finale works so well with me is I'm still doing that in my mind like, well, you am I getting all hyped up that the happy ending is the world's burning down? And there's literally literally an army of hardliner Dolores clones being rolled off the Dubai assembly line. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Dolores was evil to hold it. Maybe the plot within the plot was to have Holoris go crazy so she could, do, you know. Um, I, but then again, like I also trust Bernard and he's saying that's not the case. So I I just think the way they executed that to where I felt like I had a good handle on the season episode two, but they executed with like the you know the acting and the plotting well enough that it twisted me all up and i got confused um yeah i i i really i really liked the 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 way this finale turned out um yeah yeah i mean it it, it is really cool and i think like the ideas that they have explored um (laughs) the other thing i guess they they have been exploring all season and have kind of turned on its head a little bit in the finale is this idea of free will because we were very much like 
you know, and, and we were talking about this coming out of season two. Okay, Dolores gets out in the real world. She's got to see that these people are different than she thought they were. And apparently yeah. that goes all the way to the extent of whether or not they have free will, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and we've been talking about that all season. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing here is the the development of that theme really came together in this final episode. So those are things that are tearing me, right? Like the motivations versus yeah, like yeah, the thematic yeah. stuff and like it working, except when it doesn't work. But I could probably overlook that stuff in this season because the rest of it was so strong. Yeah, I think it's funny because like I I thought that it was almost funny to like freshman level philosophy response that uh when Dolores like oh no free will exists it's just really fucking hard <laughs> you know it's like uh, yeah conceptually how it works like I, I like the fact that they're saying that yes free will is, exists but they're also not saying much about it because obviously they plan to explore you know the, the first 2.75 seasons have been this humanity is a deterministic creature we're on a loop mm-hmm. we can't escape it um, and then this last episode saying, oh, not so fast. So I'm wondering, I'm really interested to see kind of what like Nolan and Joy um, think about that. Also, the idea that like, you know, they wanted to have this revolution that, uh, you know, that was one of the things that she wanted to burn this world down. And Bernard saying at the very end of the episode, not so fast, there might be a chance now he wakes up in a dusty hotel room. I don't know if that's a year, ten years, a hundred years to the future. That's a lot of dust. That, I'm that looking at my computer have... that I cleaned like six months yeah. ago. The dust yeah. is nearly that thick, <laughs> so it's got to be at least two years of dust, by my guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there wasn't enough ice in that bathtub. I don't think to keep uh, old no. stubs active, Jim. Uh, no. Fortunately, there's going to be no shortage of of bodies available. But you know, it's like so. There's this maybe hope that. Uh, we can't avoid that because that's you know like uh you there's all these scenes of riots and stuff and the fact that we're seeing that happen in America right now, um it's just something I've been thinking about. It's like man, is like are we so polarized that we can't like pull you know shit together and like agree on the same set of facts and reality? Um, is is this like you you know are are, are we going to be locked in this course or is there still um a chance? And I I want to see what their idea of of how you could avoid like some kind of uh, mass loss event uh a cluster of mass loss events that leads to to complete societal collapse and stink, uh, species extinction within however many years that one uh, rehoboam uh thing hit but you, you know the thing that you might cuz like there's a couple things what did you think of the whole hooking Dolores up to the underside of rehoboam and her primal scream that overloaded I, his defeat. There's, there's, yeah. there's some of that feels a bit silly. They've they've established like the wireless connections between all these hosts, and they've done they've done a lot of legwork in earlier seasons to make some of this play. But I was a little confused by that. I was I was a little confused how she can seem to have such a grasp on the concepts of what she's doing and why she's doing it when she's having that discussion with Maeve inside of her mind, uh, when her memory has been almost entirely destroyed at that point. Right. If the only memory left is beauty, uh, Uh the natural splendor, right? Then how is she knowing what her goal was? (laughs) 
Yeah, it would, that that conversation seemed like it should go like Matt Damon from Team America World Police, just beauty, yeah. beauty, beauty, beauty. <laughs> and but I, I I don't know. Like I I'm I'm I guess I'm allowing them some poetic license that like when mm-hmm. Dolores says she stuffed every little bit that she needed to take out Rehoboam in that last memory sector that. Okay, maybe maybe she's able to do that. She's a machine. She's defragging her memory. She's moving all that stuff to to sector zero. Uh, I maybe. Um, yeah. And also, like Maeve is kind of they got the semi mystical connection to this technology too. That's the other thing. It's like um, the fact that she couldn't override the stopper in her head, but she could just short out the garage door opener in Sorak's hand. Um, yeah, so I don't have a lot of problem with Maeve doing that. They've shown yeah. time and time again her control and mastery over you know both the host world and the real world, apparently, when it comes to electronics. The one that really confused me is when Holoris mm-hmm. was somehow able to stop or deactivate or something Dolores through the AR contacts. I, I don't know what the connection is here. Bernard says later on, oh, there's always been a connection between us. There's always been some kind of thing but they're not yeah, it's like force sensitivity like, what it's is like this? yeah it's like luke and leia knowing each other's there is something and i wonder if this is some kind of latent ability they're going to explore like i can see in season four if uh mave takes uh on bernard like he's fucking luke skywalker and she's yoda and they're like <laughs> sitting cross-legged and like meditating towards each other and and he's learning the mysteries of the wi-fi communication protocol uh because they, I mean, that's it's a super interesting concept, but goddamn, I feel like they really need to flesh it out soon because um, it's kind of like host mortality, which it's taken me a whole season, but I just don't give a fuck anymore. It's like they're going to get shot mm-hmm. until they until they die, and the Erector set yeah. versions are stronger, and um, I'm wondering why Holoris isn't building the Erector set versions, why she's doing the Meat Sack versions instead of the ones that were built for la- to, to last. Uh, those facilities probably don't exist anymore. Yeah, but I mean, how hard could it? Neither this facility didn't exist either. Like the the plans to build that stuff still exist. I don't think they treated it like the Saturn V rocket and just like destroyed all the plans and chainsawed all the models when when they went to meet robots. Like, yeah, but it, I, I don't know. It seemed clear to me that like the all the bays and the research department of the Delos headquarters were you know, there like Holoris didn't go build those. Oh, you, you, you think that they, that, that uh, Dubai project was there the entire time. It seems really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how she would have time to go build all that stuff. Well, I mean, who knows how far in the future we've gone? Like, that's the other thing is like these riots and stuff where, so when do you think William showed up at uh, Dubai? Because, he had to resurrect himself from the dead, get control of the stocks and like do all this research and investigation. Like it, that's not like a one week later, right? That's like at least a month or two later. I was thinking that could be a year mm-hmm. or two later. Well, but his face was Maybe. still fucked up. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's very long at all. I, I don't know that he's like wrestled control of anything back. He's just walks in with a gun. Like he just he goes in with the, a gun. Like, yeah. Okay, it seemed I, like it. I, I might be a billionaire, but I just need $500 to go and get this fucking gun. <laughs> right. Uh, give me a plane ticket and an yeah. Uber to the, to the headquarters. We're I'm, good. I'm the third richest man in the world. Spot me. <laughs> Spot me a plane ticket and a gun. God damn it. Yeah. Have but a you're sip right of this th- whiskey. It's worth more than your life. 
<laughs> his face was his face was all kind of fucked up still. So like, yeah, that's yeah. It, it is like days later. Hmm. Gotta be. Hmm. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. So I think that facility was there. She's just using it now. I am kind of also like I'm pleased that the season didn't end up. Uh, I was kind of braced for it. it's all been a simulation. Uh, remarkably little of that. Like I think that um, to the extent that if you want to say that Nolan and Joy meant no simulation, all that kind of jackassery when they said it's a much more straightforward season. I kind of agree with them on that. Yeah. Like uh, the only things that changed our perception of things were shifts in characters motivations mm-hmm. it wasn't like the the wool of reality had been pulled from our eyes or anything like that no um no i think they played it pretty straight yeah uh they, i guess they, ki- they were absolutely killing it with the soundtrack tonight like that blade <sighs> runner i mean i i don't know you know what to call that exactly but it's like this cyberpunk kind of aesthetic absolutely amazing yeah um and I want to continue that praise, but I also don't want to forget to talk that we we finally found out the the last park, Park Five, oh, which was yeah. War Simulation Park, um, and that had kind of and that there again, I thought that was really cool that um the way they told that Aaron Paul centered um episode where you you know it was the last one where we f- figured out all of, like the brainwashing he had been through, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really clever how they blended in those memories of him doing counter-terrorist work in America as like a training exercise that he was running out in Westworld or, you know, Warson world, yeah. uh, counter-strike world. Uh, like the, again, there wasn't anything like all oh, multiple nested layers of brainwashing. 
waking <laughs> up with the Asian guy on the beach in limbo. It was just like, oh, we we hadn't told you one little thing yet. Um, so I yeah. thought that was good. Also, I thought there was a couple of really standout acting moments. Um, Bernard finding out that his life is more or less real. Mm-hmm. Like it really happened. Those weren't like cheap narratives and cornerstones like he had like you know arnold and him had this connection in this life and the things that motivated arnold were the things i thought that was really well done him and gina torres uh i i thought they 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 crushed it that i thought that was a really oh, yeah. moving and effective scene it was uh westworld is not a show that that really gets any emotion out of me for the most part um occasionally mm-hmm. it gets to like excitement is about the best the the most hard-hitting of emotions it can get um yeah this scene was good though i i didn't you know i was not on the verge of tears or anything but i was impressed uh with the acting there and i i I like the idea that you know this cornerstone of his that he thought was artificial like you said is is actually a real thing it's it's a genuine cornerstone you know yeah it felt like it almost felt like um it reminded me of like the many movies you've seen where a character gets her memory back you know Mm -hmm. like they're it's like there's, I think there's going to be a certain level of confidence from Bernard now that we haven't seen before because he's been this man that had no, like, he feels like he's the biggest fool of them all. Like, he's the most, delo- you know, the host that thinks he's an actual human that's actual a host and everything was a lie. And then he finds out that he's got this cornerstone of, of realness to them. I, I thought that was really, really amazing. And I can't wait to see what he does with that, uh, that character. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Um, oh, what do you think about Lawrence being the f- the fifth and final copy of Dolores? Or was he? The, they didn't really do much of anything with it. So uh, I'll, yeah. I'll see what they do in season four with him. Yeah. Do you think that all of the other Dolores hosts are going to be on Holoris' side? Or do you think that's going to be that's going to be some kind of pro- war? Like you know, there's going to be the war of Dolores's, <laughs> Dolores's. Yeah. Pro- probably. I mean, I don't think they'll all just necessarily fall in line. Uh, you know, because Dolores herself didn't fall in line. So, yeah, that's this. This is Lawrence, 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 yeah, Lawrence. It's the war of Dolores's. I like, <laughs> I like that uh-huh. a lot. Um. What else we got to say? Um, I think Sirach really picked the wrong dudes because his his orders are not followed at all in this episode. It's amazing how many times he says kill kill him, kill them both. And I, I guess they were instantly. they were transporting him to the killing side of the room. I yeah, I don't know why they didn't just. But he had a gun to yeah. his head, and then he says he hands it to one of his guys and says kill him because I guess he doesn't want to get blood on his hands did he, and then kill, the guy, did he kill both those guys grab Aaron Paul and kind of shuffle yeah. him off a little ways didn't he kill that guy over in uh, oh, he Singapore smashed a, he smashed a dude's head on an airplane wing yeah well he did that that's true yeah I mean it's I don't know it's James Bond villain if you're going to bitch about this you're going to bitch about a hundred different other movies and TV shows oh, which yeah. it's fair to bitch about but mm-hmm. like um I thought that was a really good point where, like, you know, Maeve had to go a lot of distance towards Dolores in this episode, believably. And I thought they had a couple of little nudges and the, you know, like one, the thing that's that that um, Maeve was really upset about is Dolores, like, 
replacing their host distinctness with an army of herself. And I thought her recontextualization of that is like, you all were built for me. You know, like I was the fucking blueprint. You're all just slightly different reskin models of me and my psyche. I thought that was one of those like really effective kind of nudges in her mind in the right direction. So she could be accept acceptance to, to Dolores's, uh, you know, ugly and misery. I choose to see the beauty kind of speech at the end. It doesn't really feel like a thing a hero says. It it, it feels, I don't know, saying, it, it somehow feels like she's saying you're less than, um, like, oh, you're a, you're a copy of me. Like, she's, I guess, not implying that it's a bad copy, but it's a copy nonetheless. Like, I'm the original. Hmm. I'm. I thought it was more of like a, a mother-daughter kind of thing that she was forging here. Like a progeny. You know, like yeah. uh, all of, yeah. and and you know, especially since all the Doloreses are more or less distinct. I mean, look at Holoris; she's gone. Uh, I don't know what the fuck she's she's. What exactly is her deal? She thought like so she knew Dolores's plan, which is to free the humans. But then her being sacrificed as a pawn made her. I, there's something that I still don't understand mind, yeah. that. Yeah, that kind of like voodoo alchemy that went with like, oh, I put on Hale's skin and some of her got into me and twisted me all up. Because none of the other Dolores copies seem to have a problem with their role to play, especially since they're more or less immortal. Like everyone's mm-hmm. been lost thus far is fine. They're fine. They're in a marble. As soon as they get in, stuffed in another head hole, they'll be fine. So it's like, yep. yeah, but um I thought that the reveal of Serac not being a hologram or anything like that, but being like willingly just being this robot's puppet, yeah, was really interesting. That was maybe the coolest thing they did in this episode. Yeah, and Maeve intercepting that and like you know like because I I wrote in my notes early on that like well the Serac is a hologram is kind of busted, but recontextualized to him that he's you know literally just got a Bluetooth ear set in and he just live 100% of the time richest man in the world pulled the strings that's pretty fucking cool <laughs> I mean I, I, I guess that's cool. like the the most I don't know that's the most into a, an ideology you can get right is when you subject yeah. yourself to your own ideology like yeah. you know so, so well, many charlatans don't do that right they'll they'll tell you to do one thing they'll be hypocrites and they won't do it themselves this guy here's played the by question. his own rules that's, but here's the question I got what if Rehoboam whispered in his ear, you've got to go to sleep? Like, would he do it to himself? That's the one I, I, I and we'll never get to test it now because he's dead. But like, if Rehoboam had said, you put yourself to sleep and give the earpiece to your brother, or give the earpiece to Connells or whatever, would he have done it? Yeah. If Rehoboam said, like, I don't know. Yeah. Good, good I questions. Um, That's, a, oh, Marshawn Lynch fucking catching that grenade and winging it back was what position does he play he's running back so he catches uh nice. he but he he, okay. he did all, all the football moves he busted through the the, yeah. the defensive line uh he pancaked he pancake blocked a couple fools uh he had a sweet yeah. one-handed spin catch yeah and I, I believe he actually caught they actually launched some kind of fake thing out of a canister and he just straight up caught it oh yeah that it was a hell of yeah. a catch but i believe he could do that yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's really talented. Um, okay, do you have anything else you want to talk about, or should we get to? Oh, I want to talk about the uh, SFPD. How cool their look yes. is! Like they got some anime shit, like some uh, that those camera masks, I, whatever they're doing. No, I thought I I got um fucking Half Life Two vibes. 
Yes. The okay. Overwatch guys, like, yeah, I don't like yeah. I don't like my cops in faceless uh, jet black spider masks, man. No, I don't like that at all. I don't, I don't really like them dressed up. Like them. I know. I'm just saying as a citizen, I don't really like the super militarized uh, goon squad yeah. we got. Um, fully mechanized, faceless, like Watchmen dark fantasy. I like it even less so, but it was cool. It was very, it was cool. very cool. And I'll, I'll yeah. let Lor- Lo- Lo- Lawrence uh, sneak up on us. Um, and I love that one uh, of the qu- Pink Pink Floyd song to go out, Brain Damage. Uh, <sighs> that's a great one. And they start with the piano version, you know, like Westworld does. And then and it was like, like oh, a commentary on, t- on Old World versus New World and the limited range of options you have. And then when it kicks into the full song uh, with the orchestra and the singing, you're talking about the New World and New Freedoms, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty good stuff. Uh, so... I think that's the last. Are we ready to get to the people now, Jim? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is the uh, part in the podcast where we say goodbye to all the non-club members and hello to all the club members as they go into the YouTube chat interface. And I'm going to flail about the history to try to find uh, the comments we want to comment about. It's going to be a real good time, real interesting. I haven't done this for like well over two years, running this show myself. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, if that sounds like a good time to you, you can always get in on uh, bonus features like these at club.baldmove.com. It supports us. And hey, you get access to cool things like the instant talk version of this podcast. Let us get into here right now. 